Welcome to the Blue Mound United Methodist Church podcast. My name is Pastor Jacob, and we are in the process of launching our digital ministry. Uh, We want you to subscribe and to provide feedback as we work towards doing this better. Our goal is to enrich your faith beyond our walls through sermons, interviews, and Bible studies. We hope that you'll be patient with us and offer us a little grace as we work out the kinks in the recording process. Today's sermon is titled, If Not Now, Then When? And it focuses on the urgency of our faith and how it should impact the way we interact with the world around us as Christians. Let's pick up with the scripture passage today, Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. Would you please remain standing for our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. It's a little long, so if you find the need to sit, that's okay. You're standing in spirit. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed mercy on him. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The word of God for the people of God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that your scripture comes to us forward through the ages, that speaks to us in a way that is relevant now as it was back in Jesus' time. We ask that you would speak to us through your words, We ask that you would put our pride, our ego, our opinions, our political affiliations, and everything else. We ask that you would help us to put those aside and hear a word from you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
I got to confess that um, this particular message uh, took a slight detour in my preparation. Uh, I was intending uh, to not go there, but I'm going to go there. So just be prepared. In fact, I even thought about shifting the offering to before the sermon in case I step on anybody's toes. Uh, but I, I trust you guys um, to understand that, that what I'm going to preach to you today is uh, it is mostly out of a heart for Scripture, and it is purely the message of Christ as it was then and as it comes now uh, to us. So the reason for the slight detour uh, of this sermon is because I was listening to Billy Graham preach about uh, this particular passage. Who likes Billy Graham? Anybody enjoy listening to old Billy Graham sermons? And, and I gotta say, um, as I was listening to Billy Graham preach on the passage of the Good Samaritan, I happened to think that maybe he wouldn't be popular today. In fact, he might get some labels um, that maybe even his son would kind of push back against. You see, he describes the passage of the Good Samaritan as a passage that at its core has racial issues in mind. He describes Jericho as a border town. And he calls us to live a life committed to being different, to, to putting God's concerns first in our lives and not our own. And as I was preparing the sermon, I was thinking, you know, there's, there's really no, no reason for me to even mention the things that are going on near the U.S.-Mexico border these days, because let's be honest, what difference can we really make other than maybe upsetting a few people? But see, the title still fits. Now, I'll still... I'll still speak to what I was originally planning on, but with the conditions that are coming out of the border, whether you think it was created now or created uh, over the last 40 years, uh, situations are what they are. Retention centers, detention centers, whatever you want to call them, are overcrowded, but that is not debated. Those conditions are grim. Now, whether you whether you want to argue about how people got there or not, that that to me is is not uh, the primary concern. Because Jesus, see here, he was speaking to a lawyer, which actually could also be a translate, translated as a teacher of the law. Um, the law being those first five books in your Old Testament. He asks him, who's my neighbor? And Jesus decides to tell a story that not only involves one of those particular towns and a deplorable condition there, where somebody was beaten, stripped of his clothes, and robbed, and left for dead. 
If it weren't just for that gruesome detail from Scripture, even that might have been able to be swallowed by the particular crowd gathered there that day. But then he goes further and he says the priest came by and didn't do anything about it. And then he goes further and he says a Levite came by and he didn't do anything about it. It's an interesting, interesting distinction. The priest, it says, passed by. The Levite saw him and passed by. Now, I don't know why uh, one is indicated that he saw him and one is indicated that he didn't. But either way, they both passed by. And they both had wonderful excuses having to do with the rules and ritual cleanliness. And there's plenty to say about rules and following rules. And this rule follower, this lawyer, this teacher of the law is asking Jesus, who is my neighbor? And so then Jesus brings race into it again, and he says, a Samaritan came by. Now, Samaritans weren't necessarily as separated from the Jewish people as you might think. Because of how negatively they're spoken of in the New Testament, you might think that they're like from Mars or something, but they're not. They were just people that lived a little bit further away from Jerusalem. In fact, they didn't even live as far as the Sea of Galilee, but the thing is, back in the Old Testament, when Joshua's armies were conquering the land and the descendants thereof, they, they ended up marrying some of the inhabitants of the land. They were interracially married. And so these Samaritans that were viewed as less than, not equal to those good priests and Levites that followed the rules. These people that were viewed as less than, one of them comes by. Not only does he come near the man, he sees the man, and then he pours oil and wine on his wounds to heal him. Those aren't cheap things, especially back then. And he cares for him. And then he puts him on his own horse. He, he, he sacrifices another one of his comforts, puts, puts the, the man on his horse, and walks him to town. He walked him all the way to town. And he put him up in an inn. He gave his own money to make sure that the man was cared for until he recovered and could go on his way. And that's who Jesus lifts up as the neighbor. He doesn't even have to say it explicitly. He asked the question back to the lawyer. He said, now which of these three was a neighbor to the man? And the man couldn't even bear to say it was the Samaritan. He had to say it was the one who showed him mercy.
the one who showed him mercy, the one who showed him love, the one who cared for him, the one who gave of his own resources for the sake of somebody else. You see, these tensions, these difficulties, these you got to follow the rules arguments have been around literally since Jesus. And Jesus' words back to that tie it how we show mercy to others directly to those great commandments of love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I, I have to ask, why, why isn't it changing? What, when are people of faith, people who follow Jesus, going to behave differently? You see, because... I've also recently learned that 60% of all corporate changes fail. Anytime a body of people comes together and tries to change what they're doing, more than 60% of the time, they fail. And I understand that this is uh, from the teachings of uh, Brigida Thomas, who is a, a, a change management specialist. Um, one of the primary reasons that they fail is urgency. They lack a sense of urgency. Often when businesses are doing well, when your life is going well, when my life is going well, we might think that we ought to make a change. We might think, oh, I need to get in better shape. Oh, I need to quit smoking. Oh, I need to stop eating Oreos all the time. I, whatever it is for you, whatever change that you have wanted to make and how difficult those changes are for you, those changes often happen not just because we decide to. They happen, she says, we don't change until something hits us in the face. You don't start treating your loved one with the, the love that they deserve until they're saying goodbye. You don't start thinking about what you really want to do in life until the boss says you're fired. You see, urgency is something that is so important to change both, both personally and organizationally. When things become urgent, change happens. And so what will it take? What will it take for me to change? What will it take for you to change? What will it take for us to change together? Not just on how we relate with the world on a humanitarian level, not just how we relate with our brothers and sisters on a racial level, but, but how we exist in loving our neighbors as ourselves. If not now, then when? What, what will it take for the matter to become urgent? You see, I've never intended to bring up the border this morning because there's 
in my mind, very little that I can do to make a difference. But the reality is that even the very little that I can do, combined with the, maybe the very little that each of us can do, when put together, it might make a little bit of a difference, maybe for one person. And if even for one person, God would have given his life. But will I give mine? Will I give the comfort of not talking about this? But even more, there are some things that we can have a much greater impact on. We have new neighbors moving to Denton County every single day. Those new neighbors all need a faith home. It will make a real and practical difference in their lives. Just this month, or almost this month, next month, August 2nd, Denton ISD will be doing a new teacher orientation for the new teachers in Denton ISD. There are over 400 of them. 400 new teachers. That means 400 new families, 400 new classrooms maybe, of people that can be impacted by having a faith home, by having a place that can bring scripture to light in their life, by a community of people that can come alongside them in difficult times of health and finances and maybe even family situations. There are so many benefits that you and I all have experienced in being a part of a church home. Will we welcome them? How will we welcome them? Are we going out of our way like the Samaritan did to welcome them? To say that you have a place here. I'm going to yield my donkey for you. I'm going to give my denarii for you. I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that you have exceedingly far above anything you can ask or imagine. Because that's what God does for me and that's what God invites me to do for you. You see... When it comes to us as Blue Mountain United Methodist Church, we might not be able to change governmental policies by ourselves. We might not be able to change uh, horrid living conditions in Latin America that are causing people to flee our direction. Maybe we can. Maybe we can sponsor a church in Honduras. Our annual conferences has a, a, a missionary relationship with the Honduras Annual Conference. We could, we could sponsor a church in Honduras and maybe change things for a family there. There are little things that we can do. But even more than that, we can make a practical difference for people who are moving to the area by welcoming them, by providing a space for them to feel at home, even when their home may feel broken. That's what... That's what the church was for me. It's, it's really, that's how the church changed my life. There was times growing up where 
I, I, I'm sorry I didn't ask your permission for this, Mom, but I wasn't anticipating it. My mom and my brother would argue about I didn't have a dad at home, and I didn't like being there while they were arguing, so where did I go? I went to the church, and it was a place for me where there were adults there that loved me and told me there was people who loved me and that, that I could make anything of my life. This is what Blue Mountain can be for young people moving to this area. That's what drives me. That's what motivates me. I want to make a difference for young kids that were like me, that need a place to call home. So that they might become adults. That when they're growing up, they might have a place that they call home that's outside of where they live. There are 400 more than 400 new teachers being oriented to Denton ISD on August 2nd. How will we respond to the changing needs of our community? If we won't do it now, then when? Well, that's it for this episode of Blue Mound Methodist Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out in any way, please send us an email at office at bluemoundumc.org. We'd love to hear from you. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I want to challenge you to share this blessing with others by investing and inviting. If you know someone who has been blessed by this message, invite them to listen directly or by sharing on social media. Or, you can make an investment in this digital ministry by going to bluemoundumc.org slash give to help expand the reach of the gospel message. God bless.